Today's episode is with the Remy behind Remy Lane. We talk about how being ethically made was a non-negotiable, so we're discussing a journey from 11-year-old dreamer to having your own label. This one is a must-listen for new and future brand owners. It's packed with lots of tips and advice. Enjoy the pod. So tell us a bit about Remy and Remy Lane. So Remy Lane is consisted of my business partner and mum, Carolyn, and I. We launched oh, around December 1st, 2016. So we're turning four this year, which... Um, awesome. Yeah, we're really excited about. Um, but we've, really, we've only really done one collection per year. So usually, you know, the normal collection, you'd be doing maybe like four collections per year. So um, yeah, one collection per year and we're like slowly growing and now we're doing three which yep. we're planning, so it's a lot, a lot more than what we were used to. Um, and, yeah, we've always had ethically made clothing at the forefront of our minds um, from the get-go, which has been, yeah, really important to us. And, um, yeah, what else? Yeah, we're a women's ready-to-wear label. We sell all of our stuff online. And um, we have a few stockers as well throughout Australia, which is pretty cool. And, yeah, it's pretty much... Um, it's pretty much just the two of us, as I suppose a lot of startup businesses would know. You kind yeah. of, you wear all of the hats within the business. So, yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. much just us two, except the accounting and bookkeeping. Yeah. Like, I'm not very good with numbers. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, leave that to the experts. <laughs> That's yeah, it. Yeah, awesome. And, and you yourself, were you always sort of interested in fashion? Was it always something on your radar about having your own label working in the industry or was it something that maybe started later in life? Yeah, no, I think I was um, I was in year five when I first found out what a fashion designer was. We have a famous fashion designer who lives down the road. And um, when my mum told me about it, that's like all I wanted to do. So it's kind of always been on my mind since I was a little girl. And yeah, once I studied and everything, like I think I just fell in love with it even more. And it was just, yeah, exactly, exactly what I wanted to do. Oh, that's, that's fantastic yeah. and you're doing some amazing stuff with it so yeah. I'm sure the 10 year 11 year old yourself will be pretty proud of of where you are today and I think yeah. you briefly touched upon my uh, next question in, your, in one of your answers before was mm. um, why is it so important to you and the Remy Lane brand to be ethically made? Well I think you know as a lot of, of the listeners would probably know the fashion industry is one of the highest polluting industries in the world so kind yep. of when I was studying, uh, we had an ethics unit. Kind of prior to that, I didn't really have much knowledge about ethics or sustainability or anything like that. And we watched that movie, um, you know, The True Cost. Yeah, that's yeah, really that? humbling. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I think as soon as you see something like that, it just changes your whole mindset, really. So, yeah, yeah that, that made a really, really big impact on me. So... Like even saying that, like we're we're not perfect. We're learning every day, but yeah. um, I think once you know about you know slave labor, like dealing with chemicals, like some of these guys are literally up to their thighs and like all this like chemical dyes and like you know there's like child labor, unsafe work conditions, and all of that. Just like just to make a piece of clothing, it kind of baffles you a little bit. So yeah, mm-hmm. it, make, it makes me feel a little bit sick. So I. Yeah, it's always always been at the forefront um, and kind of, you know, the more that you start to learn and know about how clothing is made and how bad it can, can be, you kind of, yeah, it, you, you don't want to support that anymore. So, yeah, yeah. and we've, um, yeah, we've always visited our factories as well and made sure that, you know, the conditions are up to our standards, it's all ethically made and, 
yeah so this yeah it's always been yeah really important to us yeah that's awesome i mean i just had a quick question regarding um sort of yeah, the factory stuff and your supply chain which you briefly touched on there can you just share yeah. a bit more to the audience about how you go about um auditing uh sort of your factories and i, I believe you visited the factory yourself because Get yeah. a bit murky because um I guess with a lot of a lot of factories are not going to come out and say we're unethically made. A lot of them um are going to you know try to be a bit mischievous and and you know maybe get fake audits or work with go- mm-hmm. work with ghost factories and whatnot. So can you just tell us a bit more about sort of your process and and how you can confidently say on your website that Remulane is ethically made? Yeah, definitely. That is an awesome question. So yeah, obviously, like we visit. Well, first first we kind of send a list of questions to the factories that they need to go through and then once we feel like they are the right fit we go and visit them as well check out all the conditions have a really really good look around Uh, we've even like interviewed um, some of the staff as well like separately kind of like how how do you do you like working here you know asking the staff a lot of questions as well Um, and there's also people that you can hire that kind of have a bit of a, a database sometimes of already certified like ethical places Um, and you know what it also helps if they if they have like you know their SA 8000 or anything like that yeah so that that definitely helps you know if they have the certifications then um yeah it's it's a bit more proof but I think it's always 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 good to visit the factories in person for sure yeah without a doubt yeah that's something we can't do nowadays because I think we're recording today on the 9th of November and um, oh, can't really travel too much, <laughs> no. but um, in the yeah in the future though, it's, it's always great to, to visit the factory in person because like, I guess you can't really even though the audits are great and, yeah. and getting sort of written confirmation and photos, but nothing beats seeing it in person. Oh, 100%. So, Maybe a little Zoom fantastic. call, Zoom call, call yeah, so exactly. I don't know. I yeah, yeah, I think I have to use the next best thing nowadays. Yeah. But, um, awesome. And I just love to chat a bit more about sort of Remy Elaine, the, the business operator and the businesswoman. Yeah. Um, did you feel the need to, to study or get any qualifications before starting your business? Yeah, I think um, because I was always passionate from quite a young age, like that was my number one thing. I just wanted to go to fashion school. So I studied yeah. my advanced diploma of fashion design for three years. And then, um, and then I did my associate degree of fashion business. I would probably like, for those wanting to start a fashion label, I probably would recommend yeah. either studying fashion or marketing. I know a few of my friends who are around fashion labels who studied marketing um, and, you know, they're so good at getting their brand out there. But um, from my personal experience, I'd probably make studying fashion priority. Um, as you can understand, the make the clothing, you know, you can produce your yeah. own tech packs, you can deal with sewing changes and, yeah, you know, you, knowing what needs to be changed. Um, you can definitely, you can definitely start off without studying, like don't ever rule it out, but it's just quite a lot more expensive. You're going to have to hire an agent, um, which agents can be great, but you know, they help make your tech packs, liaise with factories, um, all of that jazz. But like I said, it does come at a price. Um, and I think you have to pay them throughout the stages because we had a, we had an agent in our first year of business just to make it a little bit smoother for us. Um, And I think we had to pay for, you know, the tech pack stage, the sourcing, the factory stage, the pattern making stage, you know, it was just, it was a lot of money kind of um, going out the door. So I think studying a three-year course, in my opinion, um, would be worth it. But uh, yeah, I loved it. I studied at South Metro TAFE in Perth and 
I loved it so much. I learned so much stuff and yeah, I loved waking up in the morning and going every day. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's, it's really humbling. You can hear it in your voice, just how passionate you are and how much you enjoyed it. And one thing yeah. I'd love to ask, and sort of a bit more from my experience, you know, I started a business degree in the past and yeah. I felt that I needed to get that degree to get some sort of tertiary validation that I haven't, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, when, in, when in reality, like nothing can prepare for running a business apart from running a business. Oh, absolutely not. Is that... Is that something that you felt as well? That is, it, I don't know. How, I guess like yeah, that tourist validation. Me feels like you need some sort of authority figure to tell you through your degree that you have some sort of idea. Is that something you felt was? Now, as I look back and I think I probably didn't need that. Yeah, like it was just yeah. maybe drummed into me by school. But is that something that you felt as well? Um, to be honest, I was probably oh, a little bit arrogant about it. Um, and I was kind of like, yep. you know, that I was learning for myself um, because I was like, you yep. know, all I want to do is start a fashion label. Like, this is just for myself. Like, I just want to learn. But really, you know, you kind of do, you know, those qualifications do help getting a job prior yep. to starting a fashion label because, you know, you need to learn as well. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, having that hands-on experience, kind of like you said, you know, there's only you know, you don't learn absolutely everything studying, it's putting into practice and everything like that. So yeah, I would, yeah. um, yeah, I did, I did do it for the learning more so, but, um, in hindsight, it did help with securing jobs as well. Um, when I was, yeah. um, designing for some other companies, which was, yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, now and a lot of people in the lockdowns have sort of taking the time to start their own side hustles or, or new businesses, whatnot, you know, doing those things they thought they never had time to do. And yeah. they've got so much spare time, they're doing them nowadays. So for people out there who have just started, whether it be in the startup phase or even pre-startup phase, uh, what advice would you love to give them? Yeah, so it's probably one of my favourite things because, um, you know, your first year of business, it's 100% the trickiest. You don't, you don't really know what you're doing. Um, so I'd probably start off with, number one, get a name start off with the name that's the first thing you do see if it's trademarked um i look on ip australia just to see because you know i've heard some absolute horror stories of some brands starting up you know a few years down the track even and then a big brand comes up and said well you have the same name as me and we're trading in the same class and you know you're up for lots of legal fees and battles and stuff like that and it's just not worth it where it's just like a really easy check so definitely um get your name trademarked check if it's available on like the social media handles like instagram get a website domain so it's kind of hard to come up with a name i think nowadays because so many things are taken but you know being creative and making sure that yeah you have all those things available to you um starting up an instagram page before launching because marketing is so huge it's so big so kind of getting that traction, getting a few followers, a bit of a reputation, um, even if you're just using our inspo photos, but make sure you credit the people. Um, that's pretty yeah. big. Um, have a great website. Having a professional website to start off with is probably the number one. Um, you know, WooCommerce or Shopify are great. But if you have a crappy yeah. looking website and people don't want to put in their like card details or they don't trust it, you know, you're not going to get any sales. So, yeah, yeah, nice professional website, email leads. Um, A lot of people think that emails are super old school and that, you know, we now work with Instagram and stuff like that. But, you know, emails are such, such a big um, 
tool nowadays. I remember listening to one of the podcasts with the Spell Girls and they said like, I think that's something like a really high percentage of their sales was through emails. So that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. And sorry, and sorry, Kate, what they were you talking about, like developing your email list? We talk about email Yeah, lead. sorry, email list, email yep. leads. So, yeah, like competitions, yep. enter your email here or, yeah, just any email cool. outs. Um, yeah. Target, target customers, you know, know who your target customer is. Um, I would say psychographics more than demographics. So your demographics are more like, you know, um, age, occupation, how much they earn, where they live. But psychographics yep. are more like, you know, what they do during their day, what they're like, do they go to yoga? Like, do they go to the music festivals or do they, you know, what they enjoy? Um, I think that yep. to me and to us um, is more important than demographics. Um, but yeah, just nutting okay. out exactly who your customer is is huge. Branding, make sure your branding is like spot on. Um, like I said, professional, yep. you want to look professional as soon as you start, um, have a professional photo shoot. Like I said, yep. just seem like you're the bee's knees from the get go. <laughs> okay. Um, and, but you know, it doesn't have to be expensive. Like a lot of our photo shoots, um, we work with a lot of Instagram girls instead of paying, you know, model agency fees and stuff like that. And there's heaps yep. of, um, emerging photographers as well. So, yeah, you can, okay. doesn't have to be too crazy expensive. Um, yep. And pretty much have a good list of influencers, like micro influencers from, I would, like yep. for me, a micro influencer would be 8,000 to 50,000 followers. Um, okay. And yeah, just have a list of influencers that you want to send close to prior to starting up. Um, but yep. send them guidelines because, um, you know, one of the mistakes that we made we're not sending guidelines and honestly we'd get like photos where you can't even see the dress or like it was at night time oh, yeah. they won't post stuff like that so <laughs> I think like you know a lot of our guidelines that we got like I think shoot during the daylight make sure it's clear and close up and yeah yep. post post by this okay. day yeah so that would probably be oh. my like main startup yeah oh, awesome that was quite comprehensive yeah. and I'm sure a few people might have to sort of rewind a few parts there because you did cover a, a plethora yeah. um, of, of areas there. And I guess that kind of comes down to just the, um, in the nice possible way, the chaotic nature of business. 100%. You know what I mean? Like you mentioned before, you know, you wear so many hats and, yeah. you know, there's, there's so many things to do on your to-do list. And, you know, it's never done. It's never ended. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, and just one thing I'd love to just add on there is that sort of publish is better than perfect. Yes. So as much as I agree with the fact that um, make it as good as possible, as professional as possible, yeah. you don't want perfect to be, debilitating that I'm only going to launch a website once it's perfect. I'm only going to, um, you know, launch this new dress once it's perfect. You know, it doesn't mean you, you settle for mediocrity, but it's really important to start publishing because yeah. once you start publishing, you start iterating, you start improving. It's so true. Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, you're probably living evidence of that. You know, the brand's probably evolved so much in the last four years. That yeah. How it was four years ago is, is a fraction of what it is today. Definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> And you briefly touched upon my next question there um, regarding uh, the influence of not giving them guidelines. So I'd love to ask you, mm. do you have any sort of funny or embarrassing mistakes um, that you made at the start or it could be recently as well um, yeah. that, that you made just being so new to business and, and just sort of learning on the job? Like, Can you just share some lighthearted examples of how successful business owners like you yeah. um, are human at the end of the day? <laughs> so um, funny and 
embarrassing. Gosh, I don't know if we have any funny or embarrassing ones. It's just like, you know, maybe a few that we kicked ourselves. But um, we're in the first year of business, like, <laughs> we had no idea what we were doing. Like, I'm sure a lot of yeah. people say that. But, yeah, the first year is just like, what's going on? Like, we look back at it and we're like, wow. But, you know, you learn a yeah. lot. Um, but probably, um, well, one of our collections, we were running – quite behind time um and yep. so we photographed the collection quickly with the samples made a few small tweaks to the color um just because it wasn't it wasn't 100 percent the correct color that we wanted but we're like oh just like a little tweak um but the yep. problem is because we we're behind time we didn't have enough time to get lab dips or you know pre-shipment samples before they sent us the bulk with the slightly new color um, so okay. when we got the bulk, it, this color, I'm not even kidding. It was totally different. Like it was not at all what we had sent our stockers or photographed or anything. So like we had to message all of our stockers and be like, look, like, we're so sorry. This is the, this isn't the color that we, we sent you for our lookbooks. Do you still want to go ahead with it? And like, we said like, no worries if you want to cancel like those colors, but you know, lucky everyone went ahead with it. But I also oh, had awesome. to like, um, I had to Photoshop all of those colors. And I mean like every stitch, like I had to like zoom in and like color in every little oh, wow. stitch. So, you know, that took, that took forever. Um, so yeah, that kind of sucked, but you know, learning, we have to be a year ahead. Like we design a year ahead and if okay. we're behind that schedule, you know, stuff like this happens. So, yeah, yep. probably that. And, like, what's um, verbal communication also with factories, um, you know, phone calls or Zoom meetings or anything like that. Um, make sure yep. that you reiterate it with with an email because, you know. Get it, get it in Yeah, because sometimes, you know, we've spoken to a factory. They're like, yeah, yeah, like it will be um, ready by this day or something like that. And then, um like not the factories that we have at the moment, like they're awesome, but like some of our previous factories that we've worked with. And then um, we're like, oh, okay, yeah, so we'll be ready. And they're like, no, 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 we haven't said that. <laughs> so it's kind of like, all right, sure. make sure it's in writing. Yeah. Um, so that's super important. But yeah, I think, um, you know, and I think, oh, it's another thing. And another thing, we wish that we kept like an Excel sheet from the get-go of exactly what we were sell selling and when, you know, like the name of the item, the date, the color, the size, um, okay. what payment method, did they choose express shipping? Because if we knew all that from exactly when we started, you know, we could tell what sold out first, what was the best selling color and size, and, you know, you can tailor your orders um, to that data. Um, so yeah, data, okay. data is super important. So, you know, just a few mistakes along the way, nothing, nothing too crazy, which has been good, but you yeah. know, as a business, you have to make mistakes. And I, Definitely. I personally believe when you're in your small stages, you know, your startup business, that's probably the time to make mistakes. Cause that's when you learn yeah, from them. Sure. Um, you don't want to be, you know, big business raking in like crazy amounts of money and making really, really expensive mistakes that you, um, yeah, I could have learned in the early days. So, yeah, I, I strong believer of, you know, it happens and, you know, it happens for a reason. <laughs> so in the early days, yeah. yeah. Oh, without a doubt. And I think at the end of the day, the biggest risk at all is not taking any risk. That's it. So yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense of what you're saying. Um, yeah, in 
tr- trying out these things and being prepared to make mistakes and and owning them and learning from them. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's just gonna it's gonna keep happening. And if you're if you're scared of making mistakes, and I, I think having your own business is probably not the best career path. But yeah, I think those three examples you gave and across three different verticals were were really insightful, and I hope everyone got get a bit of value from that. And um, I'd love to reiterate, just get everything in writing. I think it's just a great skill to have, even just in any career, whether it's your own business or as an employee, get stuff in writing because um, people either have selective memory or they've got horrible memory. Yeah. Um, so it's always good to do that. Um, and then just to finish, um, are there any exciting plans for the future, you know, from 2021 and beyond? Yeah, yeah. So um, we actually uh, took a visit to India um, prior to COVID. Um, we just made it yep. back in time. Um, so that was really exciting just for um, changing our factories um, due to certs and more sustainable fabrics. So kind of at the moment yep. we're producing in Bali and our factory is awesome. Like we absolutely love them so much. But the only problem is they don't have any certificates. So, you know, greenwashing is quite big at the moment. Um, and, you know, if you don't have a certificate, um, if your factory doesn't have a certificate, it's kind of hard, you know, your customers are kind of, relying on your word that you're ethically made or you know things like that so we're just moving over to India because you know our new factory's got um is got certified SA8000 um a high percentage of the factories run on solar you know their water is recycled and reused so that's um that's a really big thing for us and also the sustainable fabrics you know in Bali we struggle so hard to find sustainable fabrics um, and if we do, yep. they're really expensive um, and they're just a little bit more abundant um, in India. So we will be still keeping our factory in Bali um, because they're awesome and we're planning on getting them certified, um, which we're super excited yep. about. So, yeah, um, that, yeah, we're really, really excited for, for India. Um, and, yeah, we've got videos of both the factories as well, which we're really excited. So we've got all tours and you know, chatting with the factory owners and meeting the staff. Um, and what else? Exciting plans. Yeah, so we're expanding into menswear just a little bit, just a little bit of a dabble. Oh, yeah, awesome. to see how that goes. Um, and we're okay. releasing some ethically made jewellery. And um, next year, I actually haven't told anyone yet. And, yeah, we haven't, we haven't released this, but um, we're going to be going into active wear awesome. in spring. Yes. Okay. Heard it, heard it yeah, here first. first. So, um, yeah, it's really awesome. exciting. And we've got a little pop-up shop in Fremantle um, over summer. So if anyone's from Perth, pop on in. Um, so I think that will hopefully will start um, early to mid-December, which will be really exciting. So, yes, um, we're so excited for the future, really. Yeah, um, that's, of, that's fantastic. Yeah. Seems like you've got a lot on your yeah. plate, um, which is always exciting to hear. and. Um, yeah, I think that men's well, I'd love to have a look at that once it's ready to go. And I think active wear is always um, growing every Definitely. day. And jewellery as well. I'm sure there's going to be some cool pieces. You guys, I know you guys had a few necklaces in yeah. the past, but um, I think this will be um, a, a new question as well. But look, Remy, I really do appreciate um, all the great insights you shared with us today, you know, from the brand itself to your business journey. Um, it was a really humbling listen, and I hope everyone got a lot of value from it. Beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. And, yeah, we're, we're yeah. so stoked uh, to be featured on your awesome podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It really does mean the world. If you like what you heard, please leave a nice review. And if you have any feedback or want to recommend a guest, and yes, that can include you love yourself, 
please email me at jordan at stridestore.com.au.